Oh, hey, welcome to The Look Back with me, your host, Keith Newman, former journalist and media guy and go-to-market consultant in the Valley for the past few decades. Here we have candid conversations with newsmakers and rule breakers, the innovators, entrepreneurs, and influencers who share their past contributions along with current insights in a casual yet candid conversation. This lightly edited passion project of mine is a pay it forward contribution to the next wave of innovators and entrepreneurs. I sure hope you enjoy the program and feel free to share it with anyone who might enjoy it. Now, onto the show. Whoa, we must be live now. Yeah, we are, baby. <laughs> we got Mark Goldstein on for, for the look back. Mark, welcome. That's my pleasure. How, how have you been? Where do I find you today? Uh, you find me in Tiburon, right on the on the water in Tiburon, but, uh, you know, 15 minutes from the city, the usual. Yeah. You've been, you've been uh, docked there for a while. Yep, yep. Just get, keep me in the water. Keeps me happy. I'm not surprised you love it. I'm just surprised they they keep renewing your uh, your lease there. It's uh, that's the more surprising element. Now, yeah, well, you know, I'll, I'll be BK'd out of here at some point, but uh, you know, it's, it's spend it while you got it. <laughs> I like your approach, and life is is treating you well. It's all good. It's all what good. What do you, Mark? As I as I you know will joke, I haven't done a lot of research for this. I, I mean, I'm going to tell you a story though that I still remember fondly back in the 80s when I met this uh, scrawny kid out of Philadelphia who asked to meet with me as a young reporter back at CRN, and you were shoveling some finance software, I want to say reality. That's it, baby. You got it. It's like, I can't remember what I had for lunch yesterday, but I can remember yeah. I can remember that. Tell me, where, what, 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 how did that all come about? I, I mean, that was... That was your start into the software world, right? Yeah. Well, what happened is, uh, you know, earlier I worked for Apple for two years. And uh, after two years at Apple, I decided the company was getting too big for me. And this was when Apple was still small, <laughs> um, but I uh, couldn't really get anyone else to fund me. So I got some professors from uh, Wharton where I went to school to fund me and my buddy. And uh, we spent seven years figuring out a business based in Philadelphia and New York and some of it out here. And uh we started in online gaming, pivoted to basically business simulations. From there, we pivoted to finance, and then we sold the company to uh, Reuters Thompson. Uh, it was sort of e-trade before the internet at the end of the day. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's funny. I, I, as I mentioned to you, I write, I do this interview with innovators and entrepreneurs and investors. I'm so glad to have you on. You've always been one of my uh, favorite people to keep an eye on and talk to. And it's funny that I look up the word entrepreneur and there's your picture it was right there where like that was like what in the 80s that was in like the in the dictionary no i remember the term serial entrepreneur and when yeah. i think of that word you're one of the first first faces that pop into my mind well no that was well you know what it is i actually am, there it is on my wall it's this article in business 2.0 yeah which is uh there it is, serial entrepreneurship. And, you know, I was like that, uh, you know, early days, I was that, uh, you know, I was that that guy, you know, that I just said here, my quote was, entrepreneurs are like wine, we get better, not worse. Mm. And we get worse. <laughs> it's all <laughs> in the cycle, right? That's fantastic, though. You, um, you're talking about the days of box software. 
And then you got super involved in 1.0. You did some ex exciting companies there. Take me through some of the, the uh, gaps. In, in yeah, yeah. So from there was uh, started with box software, running around and selling to Egghead. Um, after that, we, uh, you know, this thing, uh, we were, there was a service called Prodigy. And we built all the systems on Prodigy. We built their online games, online financial services. And we remember that. We said, oh, this Prodigy yeah. thing is pretty cool. Um, so uh, early, you know, we were sort of internet before internet. I was, we were doing online services. We had our own online service. At one point, we had the largest investment service um, online for individual investors. Uh, that's what we sold at Reuters Thompson. After that, moved out here and I just started doing internet companies because this internet thing happened. Um, and uh, seven or eight or so companies, you know, e-commerce, um, so, uh, analytics, green tech. I just found found stuff that just turned me up. And you're still doing it. So I know you're involved also in the in the biotech or medical space. You have the digital health awards there in the background, but you've been doing that for years we talked about that, you know, in my NASDAQ days, that was super fun. And I also thought, you know, a great area, but how did you get into that? How, what was your uh, step into, yeah, that That's, all. Well, yeah, about 10 years ago, uh, two things. Um, so 10 years ago, I was, I ended up, uh, spent a few years making uh, my friend Mark Benioff's private investments. And uh, one of the things I realized real quickly is he was really into healthcare and I didn't know anything about healthcare. I thought you were going to say, he's not going to make it. I got to go find something else. Yeah, no, no, he made it. He made it. He did okay. And um, so I'm like, shit, I better learn about this stuff. Um, but I'm not a doctor and I'm not a chemist. Um, so, uh, but I decided, you know, this whole healthcare thing is really fascinating when you look at the internet smacks into healthcare, which is exactly what digital health is all about. Uh, I said, I can do this. So I just said, let's just embrace it. Um, and then I uh, started the Innovation Center at UCSF. And the reason I did that is because that's where the smartest people in healthcare hang out. And they are at UCSF, and I wanted to hang out with these guys and learn from them. Um, so uh, lo and behold, it's been a decade or so, and we've evolved the organization. It's a, non I, it's a nonprofit. It's called the uh, Digital Health Hub Foundation. And we, are, we run what's really the Oscars of healthcare. So we give out the awards to the, uh, the best digital health, digital therapeutic, you know, those companies that are changing the face of healthcare and, uh, you know, thousands of companies and it's uh, become a big event. We do it in Las Vegas every year. You moved to Vegas, huh? Hell no, I'm not moving to Vegas. I'll go <laughs> well, to Vegas. You, can you, go know, to, you know the Vegas deal. Two days, yeah. two and a half days at most. Get the hell yeah. out. <laughs> you don't even have time to uh, uh, change your khakis. So I like the idea of moving into healthcare. Do you think it's more about um replacing what government can't do in healthcare or is it a, as an investment uh platform to find you know hot companies and new trends and things like that well healthcare is pretty broken you know and it's uh 23 24% of our gmp so it's the biggest industry by far um a disproportionate amount of money goes into it and a ton of it is wasted like an incredible amount is wasted you know my first company was in uh finance and fintech and we said it tried to replace stockbrokers. In this case, we didn't want to. We don't want to replace doctors, but we want to augment them and help them, so that they basically are, you know, really can focus on on why they want to be a doctor. Focus on solving the problems and have technology basically um, address what we call triage. Address the eighty yeah. percent of the stuff that you don't need a doctor for. You can use yeah. some time. 
You know what also is fascinating is what's going on with prescription drugs. I mean, that's I know I know it's just a slice of what you're talking about, and not even central, perhaps. But what Mark Cuban and what Amazon is doing, and uh, again, private industry and entrepreneurship taking over and and taking a, a page out of what government couldn't do. They're trying to, but well, yeah. I mean, look, the uh, that became the what the largest, second largest industry in India, which is basically you know generics. So generic drug subscription, you know, there's a lot, there's so much opportunity. I mean, you're getting companies, farmers getting ten, fifteen thousand dollars a pill now for yeah. some products, right? So you know, there's opportunities to to have some version of something that's a hell of a lot less. And look, you and I are getting a little older, so we we're taking more and more meds ourselves, probably. <laughs> we have to figure out. Well, you know, you met, you mentioned that part too, and I wasn't going to go there, but with you, I'll go anywhere. And yeah. <laughs> uh, um, you know, it's interesting when you're younger. You know, you go to a party, and you're sort of talking about where the next party is going to be. You're talking about, you know, what beer makes sense, uh, what tequila you want to drink. You get older, you start talking about girls, and you start talking about, you know, your who you're going to marry, and wives and kids, and you get into the kids and the team thing. You know, you start getting older. What the hell are you start talking about? You start talking about your freaking health. Yeah. <laughs> so well, like, that and pickleball. What are the <laughs> and pickleball until you until you right? Well, of course, and pickleball until you break down your knees. And uh, <laughs> but uh, no, the whole idea of like, look, health is interesting. It's topical and it's ever changing. And uh, I just decided embrace it and figure help figure this stuff out. Yeah, I started looking at it too as as a uh, parenthetical to what I was doing. And I just can't learn it fast enough. There's just so much going on. I don't know how you do it. But is that, your, is that um, full time for you? Or are you still involved in the VC firm? Yeah, no, I'm a VC by day and yeah. uh, run the nonprofit by night. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's uh, I got to you know keep the lights on. So I've made you know, 100 or so health related investments in the last, oh, you know, seven or eight years. And, you know, I've done my usual angel stuff after I started starting the company. But now I'm also incubating two or three companies, too. Are these your concepts or where somebody pulled you in and said, Mark, help me keep this thing on the on the rails or help me get it on the rails? You know me well, my friend. It's, <laughs> it is the latter. Yeah. Uh, no, you know, it's, you know, when you're sort of, you start, start looking at 60 and you're getting older and you're in your 50s, you're like, I can't have all the ideas anymore. You know, it's like when you're younger, you figure, oh, you know, I got all the ideas. I don't know. Screw everyone else. Um, but uh so I've really hooked up with some amazing people, you know, um, entrepreneurs in their late 20s, early 30s. And I'm basically uh, helping them, you know, either as the chairman of the board or temporarily CEO or whatever, uh, to get them to that, you know, really that first level. And uh, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. So what do you what do you find, Mark? You've met with a million entrepreneurs over your life. What are they missing? What are they typically not seeing that you constantly are, are trying to reaffirm? Well, you know what I just say is I just you know my job is to help them avoid the arrows that are still sticking out of my back. Yeah, and uh, you know if I could only repeat, you know if I could if I could only be that person, if I can only have the wisdom of today and basically the drive of yesterday, be a fucking rock star. And yeah. so you know that's you know the answer is they're not missing anything, but I want to basically just have them not make some of the mistakes I made, and that's really it. So if right. I can help them avoid making mistakes and and you know share some of that you know that that learning that I learned the hard freaking way, right. awesome. Yeah. And does that go from everything from setting a valuation and raising money all the way through the operating plan of do this for sales, do this for marketing, do this for product? It really it goes for it's all a lot of that. Most important thing is people, 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 people. 
who are you going to hire? Who are you going to be? How do you want to basically project yourself in front of that first customer? Um, how do your attitude? What do you have to do? You know, hiring and firing. It's all about, you know, the, the only great companies are the ones that can really figure out how to execute. And so ones that can execute are the ones that can basically, you know, grow and scale and add great people. So give me a thought today about an entrepreneur. Part of me feels like like you were just born to start companies, Mark. You were such an entrepreneur and always like, okay, it's getting too big. I got to go do something else. And then you have another idea. And then you're halfway through incubating one idea and you get another idea. I mean, is it genetic to a certain extent or is it um, is it just in the water that you're drinking constantly doing a startup and meeting with other startups? How does that evolve and how do you find that? Because it's about people. So you're looking for certain traits in people that you, you're meeting with. Yeah, it's uh, well, you know, there's no question I've got a little ADHD in me. Right. And, you know, now it's super common for just about every entrepreneur. So, yeah, I've got ADHD. I've got ADHD. Um, I didn't even know what I, I don't think we all knew what that was, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, so, yes, we're impatient. Uh, yes, we want to impact change. Yes, we get bored. All those things. Um, now, society is basically creating a lot more people like that today. And maybe that's because of the internet. Maybe it's because of our, you know, basically our attention spans have shrunk. We've all read about this. So I think people are, are, are better equipped, but also things are moving a lot quick, more quickly. You can't just, you can't organically grow stuff the way you used to in the past, unless you're, you know, you're a farmer. So, um, you know, I think that's part one is that I like this stuff. It was always natural for me, but I think there's, there's an, you know, there are a few million other people that are, you know, not too different from me. Right. Well, you know what they say, boring uh, is dangerous. <laughs> Busy yeah, is no, good. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just, yeah, every day I wake up and I have, you know, it's, that's, I, I, and I like getting into new industries, you know, and I've, I've been in five or six industries over my career and it just is like really just make, I'm, I'm a curious motherfucker. And I'm yeah, just so, so let's, go, let's go there for a second. I know we could go into all kinds of stuff in the healthcare, but we're living in a world where AI is now taken over, right? So we went from metaverse to blockchain to VR and uh, you know, crypto and all that stuff. But AI seems to have much broader and deeper roots to it. Am I right? And and what are you looking at when you see that? Because a lot of those industries you just mentioned and that you played in uh, would probably be looking for ways to uh, disrupt themselves. Well, AI definitely makes stuff a lot better, right? I think all the things that we used to do in the days of package software and whatnot, we were talking about AI back back then. I mean, I remember I had I went at Princeton, I hung out with Marvin Minsky. You know, he's like the AI dude, right? I mean, it's going way back. I don't really tell that many people that, but I'll tell you, Keith. Yeah. Um, so you know, what is it? It just AI just makes shit better. Right. Honestly. So someone so many of us have really great ideas and things we want to bring to market and you know, how we want to change the world and all that good stuff. But you know, with AI. We can do it better. And you know what? In a world where everything is collapsing and it's getting smaller by day and we're competing with a gazillion Chinese that are trying to, you know, basically uh, chomp us, the um, AI is your AI can be your friend if you harness it because you have to be great and it helps you be great. So by way of, of introducing me again to the VC firm you're working with or some of your cool investments, take me through some things you're you're involved in. Okay. Well, let's see. Um I will start a uh, firm is called Builder. You know, firm I'm with is uh, it's called Builders. 
And uh, I've got a, a few investments I'm you know particularly excited about. One of which is had a board meeting 15 minutes ago. It's called Graphware. And Graphware is basically uh, trying to displace Dexcom and other, when you, if those folks that have diabetes know all about uh, glucose monitoring, they are building a next generation glucose monitoring system with really innovative technology. Um, so there's no prick and it's basically, it's faster and it's better and all that good stuff. So that's Graphware. Um, and that's, you know, an example of one of the diagnostic companies. Another diagnostic company is called uh, Bina, Israeli company that basically you, uh, you look into your uh, phone and in uh, uh, 15 seconds, it basically tells you what your blood pressure is, right? So you don't have to wear a cuff. So is that available today? It is available today. It's not FDA approved, but it freaking works. So, you know, you can go on and download it and you don't need to run around with cuffs. I don't want to go to Marin County to get my blood pressure. I can. No, you can stay away. But if you come here, I'll get it up for okay. you. Okay. Uh, well, that's phenomenal. Those are two great examples. And Builder has a certain theme to it, right? Yeah. 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 So what we're, we're, the focus is we're just, historically, it was basically look, focusing on old industries, old problems, and basically entrepreneurs that were basically taking a hammer to solving the old problem. Right. Um, increasingly, my focus is just really on health and wellness and food. And, you know, and I've decided that that's big enough. And, uh, you know, it's fascinating. And um, yeah, what's this? So here's a, it's hard to see right in the back. Yeah. There it is. Okay. Oh, yeah. Is a toothbrush. Now, yeah. you know, you'd say, oh, man, now I'm going to the dental business. Well, this is a, a product called Tromots. It's really cool. It's a, uh, it's when it's basically electromechanical light that's below the, your, the brush. And it basically blows away the plaque in your mouth while you're brushing. Wow. So there's, you know, there's innovation everywhere. I never thought there'd be this. And this is a Korean company. We never thought there'd be innovation in toothbrushes, but there are. There's innovation everywhere. Just blow it up. Right. I, I am constantly astounded when I go to events. I think everything's been invented before. And then there's a new wave of things. And none of what you mentioned was really AI related even. Yeah, I'm not. I'm or, not stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm focusing on, uh, you know, really patient or consumer or products that really get to to all of us, okay. to all of us, to our parents, to our kids that okay. we can touch and feel. I'm just I'm into that. I love the transition there, too, because I was going to ask you, besides how the family is on a personal level, as a parent of <laughs> two, right? Two or three. Three. Congrats. I know they're awesome. I see your pictures out there. Uh, amazing kids. But as you start to, you know, be the parent of potential future entrepreneurs, what are you encouraging them from an academic standpoint besides to, you know, do well, but what are you encouraging them to explore and what, what kind of areas do you, do you sort of, uh, not, not direct, but, you know, again, support? Um, I just, you know, basically the thing is just get the hell out there, experience as much as you can, touch as as a variety of you know new industries, get on the get on the internet, think it, think it through, and just you know really as we all know, before we're twenty five, we should we should try a lot of things. And what does that what does that translate into, Mark, for kids in college, like internships and part time jobs? Or... Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, that's the way. Like when I was at school, I mean, I don't even remember if I how much I went to class. I just worked. I when I was in Philadelphia, I just I had like three or four jobs all the time. 
And I learned everything from these mentors and these entrepreneurs. And some of them are rock stars, you know, some of them ended up funding in businesses. So it was just like, I just, I'm, I'm a huge fan of, uh, you know, the whole mentoring concept. And, you know, the whole idea is find someone that you can learn something from, get really close to them, make sure you can give something. It's got to be give to get, make sure you can give them something that they also want, learn from them. And it's uh, much better than traditional learning. So are the kids, I mean, there are different kinds of learning, right? So there are people that learn through experience and I'm very much the same way as you described. I was doing all kinds of different things through school and tried to make it to class once in a while, but other people really, you know, more intellectualized and and feel like they learn from books and experiments that they manage in a controlled environment. Um, are you encouraging them to take certain classes? Is is it or or is there a school of thought that says I don't need to invest that much into a prestigious university or uh, graduate programs and things like that? There seems to be somewhat of a divide right now, a debate going on. How do yeah, you? Well, I'm a, I'm a fan of the school. Um a good school, because I think you go to a good school, you meet little other smart people, right? And everything is about collaboration. You know, it's like, I'm not a, I'm not a rock star engineer. And I've always tried to associate with folks that are, and, you know, and they need to associate with people that are marketing people that are ops people that are basically, you know, really good, you know, uh, business law people, whatever it might be. And you're going to meet more of those people at a great school. You know, get out of your, you got to get out of your hometown. You certainly can't sit in front of a freaking computer all day long and think you're going to, you know, learn and meet people. You got to, you know, got to get out there and hang out with them. Okay. I keep throwing you these wingnut questions because you keep throwing my my mind in different directions. But one of the things for a startup company, what's the hardest thing to do? Find a co-founder or raise a seed round? Oh, it's definitely find the co-founder. Yeah. I mean, it's the seed round is like, you know, raising a seed round actually isn't that hard. Raising your later stage money is a lot harder. So there are a lot of people out there that basically will invest in ideas and dreams. And there are far fewer people that will invest in basically something that's more mature that you have to say, you know, show me the money or show me that you have a business. Show me the billion dollar valuation plus. Yeah. And uh, so it's all comes down to the people and who you associate with. And pick a pick a few winners, and uh, you know I've picked some. I've kissed a lot of frogs, and regrettably, you know I've you know selected sometimes the wrong frogs. I'll be the first to admit it. I picked love them and leave them. That's okay. Yeah, well, you know it depends. If you want to love them and leave them, but before you take somebody else's money, or before you go down the road, before you've hired a lot of people, based on the fact that you know you've claimed to them you have a really good management team, and you don't, you know, there's a lot of so it all comes down to the. I, you know, answering your question, it's the founders. Yeah. What's the best way to find a good uh, collaborator? It's basically, it's getting out there, first of all. Yeah. It's getting out there and it's basically, it's uh, finding people with like-minded interests, finding people that want to are within your age range, finding people that are just uh, like into the same shit you're into. Yeah, that's that's some fantastic advice, Mark. Um so other advice that you like to give to the entrepreneur who uh, you don't have time to do all the calls and, and briefings that you'd like to do because you're so flipping busy, but uh, I get to share this with a few thousand entrepreneurs and startup uh, companies. What do you, what, what kind of advice can you share? Oh, well, let's see. Uh, number one is um, I'll start with that word of being curious and don't accept just, and so always, you know, get into something, be really curious and fundamentally understand your competitive grid. 
get in there and understand if you think you have an industry or a, a sector or a product that you want to bring to market, please spend the next month really looking at what else is out there. Don't just like say, oh, I'm just going to build this and like be blind. Yeah. Um, you can learn so much on the internet from so many, you know, from so many sources. So that's, so there's you know two things, curious, do your freaking research on your competitive grid. Uh, third of which is um, focus on three month milestones. And, uh, you know, this is have a great V2 mom. Know basically and know always what your milestone is. Always check in with your milestones. Know where you need to be doing in three months, six months, and nine months. It doesn't matter what's past that next nine months. It really doesn't until it does. And then when it does, you have a management team and you don't, you're not necessarily the one that's uniquely worrying about it. That's great. Awesome stuff. What are you doing for fun these days? Same shit I've always been doing, my man. It's uh, you know, just uh, getting. Just Does that get, mean you're you're going to be in the uh, Formula One race in Vegas? Uh, no, no, I'm not Mark Kwame. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm uh, uh, nah, that 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 stuff I've never done. I'm you know, I basically um, I'm out on the water. I'm doing you know whatever it is. I'm in the water, out on the water, um, on top of the water. Uh, could be a lot of could be a lot of snow this year too. Yeah, no, I'll be up there. And, uh, you know, if I, you know, as long as my uh, body cooperates, I better, you know, have more than 40 days a year. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's, you know, nothing's changed. I just try and keeping it going, my man, keeping it going. You sounds great, Mark. I, I wish you all the best. And uh, uh, thanks for uh, spending a few minutes here with, uh, with me in this pod, which again, just came out of COVID and that, you know, need to connect, the need to share and and communicate and all that stuff and glad to glad to reconnect i got a lot of keith movement stories and i'll save them for another day <laughs> <laughs> all right. thank you thank you all right. all right see ya thanks for listening to the look back we do appreciate your support welcome any feedback and would love it if you would subscribe to this podcast and even consider sharing it with some of your friends for more information and other cool info check us out at newmanmediastudios.com.